SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. What's happening, Scott Van Pelt? Stanford Steve is alongside Chris Holtman, the Ohio State head basketball coach, is our guest. They've gone from, yeah, they might be one of the decent teams in the Big Ten to, wow, they're good, they're ranked. Oh, wait, they're on the one line. How'd all that happen? Also, Stanford Steve's got some great stories about his days as an All-American player. That's all on the way. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Also want to remind everyone to check out the Adam Schefter podcast. Nobody covers the NFL like Adam Schefter. So if the NFL is your thing, and pretty much who doesn't like the NFL, Adam's got you covered. Download and subscribe to the Adam Schefter podcast and SV Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to leave us a five-star review, you know, we're like Uber drivers. It's We'll take the five stars. And a tip. Send us a tip on Venmo. Actually, just forget the five stars. Just send money to me on Venmo. Okie doke. And action. Ohio State head basketball coach Chris Holtman is our guest. And you got a game to prepare for. You got tape to look at. You got practice to run. So I'll try to be brief. That's not my strength, as Steve, <laughs> as Steve can attest to. Uh, but, Coach, as you guys uh, get ready to head on the road to play Penn State, analytically, there are cases to be made that the, this Big Ten team, this Big Ten conference this year, I should say, is the deepest that there's ever been from an analytic standpoint. But that's numbers. I'm asking you, a guy that's got a coach in it day in, day out, how do you describe how good the Big Ten is in 2021? It's, it's unlike anything I've seen, and obviously I haven't been doing this for 20 years, haven't been a high major coach for 20 years, but, but have been for, for now going on, I guess, year seven from the Big East to the Big Ten, Scott. And, you know, I, it's the best I've seen it. You know, I just it's the best I've seen any league in terms of its depth. You know, you you know as well as I do because of how how much you you cover college basketball. We're going to get hit with, hey, the Big Ten hasn't won a national championship and all that. And I get that. And I think it is as the league continues to to play the way it's played. I think that's only a matter of time. But the depth overall depth of the league is unlike anything I've ever seen. And to your point about winning a title, like Gonzaga and Baylor, I think it's fair to say they've differentiated themselves this year, watched them play, like, okay. Yeah. But, like, I don't know how many Big Ten teams could win the tournament, but I'll tell you this, I know that the bottom of that league, and I'm talking the bottom four or five teams, is is better than the middle of a lot of other leagues. You know what I'm saying? Like, no even, Nebra- even Nebraska, Fred Horberg's guys went through COVID or whatever. They, they, they had Illinois beat at home. They yep. won at at Penn State, where you guys are playing Thursday night. Like they're competing, where they have no reason to compete, and they're the worst team in the league. Like I just don't feel like there's any team that you go, okay, we'll kick their ass tonight. You know what I mean? Like normally right. there's at least one team like that. There's none right <laughs> there, now. There aren't. There aren't. Think think about this Penn State team that we're playing. They beat Virginia Tech by 20, 20 25. I mean they 
throttled them early. Virginia Tech's really good, having a great year in the ACC. And there's always some of those outliers every year, right, where you sure. it's hard to make grand statements based on, on one game. I get that. But, you know, it's interesting because in the summer, I was fighting so hard for our with our league coaches in some cases to play a non-league or to play a, a, a non-conference schedule so hard. And the reason was you wanted some wins. (laughs) Yes. I wanted, I wanted to flex our muscles a little bit and trust me, I got pushback. Like I got, I mean, we're, we're on there, all 14 of us on there. And Mark will tell you, you know, he and I were, we were in cahoots on this. We were trying to push, for, for non-conference games because it, it, it just – we knew what we thought – what this league could be. Yeah. Now, I'm going to let Steve jump in here. I just have one question about the league itself because there are a lot of I, – and I, look, I, we Steve and I joke about it. I grew up in the ACC – but now I, I, I call myself Big Ten Scotty. I mean, I got to fly the flag. <laughs> I got to fly the flag of the neighborhood I live in, right? But I'll say this about this league. There are a lot of really good venues – road venues. Yeah. I'm talking tough places to play. And I'm not going to start listing them because I'll leave some out that are worth being on it. But I'll just say there are a lot of good ones. How much different, Chris, is it to play on the road in empty buildings? Yeah, it's 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 odd. And I think one of the hardest things is playing it playing at home right now because you just expect juice in yeah. the building and, and you don't have it. Um, I, I agree with you. I've always, you know, I, I – the, the the Big East was great, but it just the arenas weren't as big. The there weren't as you know it, instead of it being eight thousand in the Big Ten, it's usually fifteen to sixteen thousand. It's um it's just different, you know, private public school institutions for the most part. But it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I, I thought I knew what a road environment was like, but I didn't really fully understand it until you go to the Big Ten venues. Coach, I want to talk about you. I'm fascinated by your demeanor. I love the way you keep your guys always in check. I do have a question for you. It seems like all head coaches know. Ten years as a head coach, how many techs you got? Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know that. I got asked that last night. Ryan Day and I were doing a Zoom with uh, some donors. Okay. He asked asked me, Ryan asked me, Ryan asked, when was your last technical? (laughs) Now, I know that. It it was in February of last year. Um, And, and I actually Did you deserve it? I, Did you deserve I actually, it? I deserve every one I get. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you earn them. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I don't think there's been one where I've been like, now, why did I get that technique? Like, I know. Like, <laughs> I, I know. So I think February was the last one. Yeah, All right. Well, t- well, this is a good thing. that Coaches can always hide behind this because I've had my researchers look it up. They can only assess them to the coach, player, slash player, slash bench. So they might not all be yours, but in 10 years as a head coach, there's 18 assessed to you or your program or somebody on your bench. So that's just something to keep in your back pocket. Uh, Can you get away with more with wearing a mask than you could before wearing a mask with the reps? You know, I think, yeah, it's a great question. Um, Yeah, a little bit. Um, I tell you what it does is it protects you from like, you know, that look you get from your wife coming home after a road game and she's like throwing her hands up, like, come on, like you got little kids watching. Could you not be any more professional than that? It saves you from that with the mask. As a former player, um, I, I, you know, like I said, you're always 
under control, it feels like, on the sides. And I think that's that's huge for when you watch a Chris Holtman team. You know, they're all, you know they're going to be prepared. But I went back. Scott, you know we're talking to a Hall of Famer. He was inducted to his Taylor Hall of Fame in 2018. I, wa- I watched his speech, oh, no. and there was a couple things that, st- that stood out. Because I'm watching you, and I'm like, if this guy's a former player, he's got to have some crazy in him. And you told a story about how you apologized to your roommate because after you got benched for him by Coach Patterson in a game, you went and you tore the dorm room up. So there is a temper under there. How how and you know was was Coach Patterson a part in that and in, in tempering that 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 temper? You know, obviously players get fired up all the time, but to be as a yeah. coach, man, like basketball, I played football. I could put my helmet on and buckle my chin strap yeah. and bite my mouthpiece as hard as I could and just go hit somebody. As a basketball yeah. player, man, and, and especially as a coach you got to funnel that. How, how, how does that process go over time? Uh, well, I appreciate you, you saying that. And, and the reality is, is I think you're way more emotional than, than maybe at times you, you outwardly display. Um, and, and, uh, you know, you know, I've, I've said, you know, Brad Stevens is a close friend and I've mm-hmm. always, you know, always admired his, um, his demeanor and his mm-hmm. disposition and how his teams performed late. One of the greatest, uh, coaches in our game right now, Tony Bennett, you love saying calm is contagious and it's true. You know, it is true. There is a, 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 a part of you that, that uh, is, is community. You're always communicating something to your players, but yeah, that particular instance. Uh, and there were a couple that happened in college. My <laughs> roommate to this day still talks about it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, he's got a couple kids and we, he still laughs. Every, I completely trashed our dorm room, <laughs> completely trashed it. Went back. I was I was pissed that I got benched, mm. and it wasn't actually for him. It was for somebody else. Okay. But he felt the brunt of it. Um, <laughs> I I tore through the I tore through it. I went. I stayed somewhere else. I stayed. I stayed actually in a hotel room. Um, I, you know, we have those moments as competitors. And my wife will tell you, early in my career, I didn't come home a couple nights after bad losses. Mm. And uh, she she made me swear after the second time I did that that I would never do that again. In that speech, though, you talked about, and I think this says about you as a person. You said you were never the best player on a team you played on. You were an All American in '94. <laughs> you had to be the best player. Who who was your guy growing up? You know, growing up in Kentucky. You know, who was your guy that you know outside shooting hoops and stuff like that? Like who 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 did you look up to? It was anybody who played for Kentucky. Yeah. You know, it was it was Rex Chapman. You know, way before that, it was it was um, you know it was Kyle Macy. It was somebody who, you know, Dirk Minifield. It was guys that probably would people wouldn't know, but it was it was anybody who played for Kentucky uh, at, at that time for sure. I know all those guys. Come on, I'm old. I can't get. I, we all did the Kyle Macy bit with our socks when we shot free throws. Yeah, we, we, we had we had to we had to we find did. something to try to emulate to try to be like those guys. But as you were talking, coach, about staying out after a loss, this is something that is a common thread with the great coaches we talk to. If I ask you to tell me about great wins, I bet you can give me some moments, some 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 passing thoughts about how it felt in the locker room or whatever. But if I ask you about the worst losses, I bet you can tell me in excruciating detail how and why. Maybe it was a bad set you called. Maybe your guys just didn't run what you – maybe you got screwed by the ref. Whatever. Why is that? Like, why do we Why do we have such categoric recall of our worst moments and we kind of blush over the, the successes? 
I don't know. It's a great question, Scott. And, and if I, you know, if I could figure out how to come back, uh, because I'm forgetting, uh, is it Mac Brown? Who's at North Carolina now? Yep, who, yep. Um, you know, you've heard him talk about, I've heard him talk about how he was going to treat coaching differently. And I, and I do think if, um, if there's something that I could change about us or, or me, if there's something my wife could change, it is that, that you, you'd enjoy the wins um, at least close to the level that you endure the losses. And I, I don't know that, that, that pain, I mean, I can tell you right now, five of my mo- the most searing memories uh, from competition, you know, four of the five come from losses. And uh, it's just, it's unfortunate. Um, maybe it drives us in ways that, yeah. you know, but, but it, yeah, it's true. Like I, I can think right now about losing Ed Butler, losing to Xavier when they, they, they played, you know, Mac played a zone that I wasn't quite ready for. And it devastated me for two days. Like I was in my room for like, you know, it just devastated me. And that's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain that. Ah, but that, that again, I'm, I'm talking about to the pinnacle of your profession. That's, that is a common thread. And, yeah. you know, Gary Williams is a hall of famer. And I mean, you know, they had a, they had a special night in April down in Atlanta where they won a title. But you, you get him talking about some of those Duke games where they let Leeds get away and he wants to fight. And I don't want to fight Gary Williams because he's 75, but he'll whip my ass. So I don't it's just it's just it's amazing. But I guess that's what fuels you all. Now, I do want to talk just a little about your team, because um, I saw you guys last year in person in College Park and you had Weston, who's like a real post presence. And, and as he moves on and your team changed this year, I thought. I like a lot of what you had, but I didn't know what it added up to. And there's that great Coach Collins quote about know your role, stay in your role, star in your role. How much of your guys figuring out what roles were has led to what you guys have become? It's been a huge part of it. You know, I think embracing it and, as you said, starring in it. And, and that's a process, right? It's it's a process for every team. It's a process for young people. But and obviously you and Steve have followed the, the, you know, the big 10, you know, uh, our, our league and you know what we lost. And I think there were a lot of questions coming in. Yep. Uh, a, a lot of them surrounded. What would you do without the Wessons, but in particularly Caleb, um, uh, we had a, a, a good talented freshman who decided to transfer. What would happen, you know, there. And, and I think what I felt like was we had a strong core returning uh, we had a group that was um, versatile. As soon as we got here, guys, we did want to build around versatility as much as possible. And we loved coaching the big fella, but we also knew that, you know, um, we needed to get more versatile. Um, and so we, we kind of managed those couple years, uh, but we knew versatility was going to be really important. And, and now we have that. And, uh, you know, obviously it's been a special season up to this point. I'm, I'm interested to see. We've got some lack of size issues. I'm interested to see how that, that continues to play out. You, you make shots, though, man. Like, it, it's, you guys make shots. you got a bunch of guys that can make shots. And, and in college basketball, the teams go through stretches where they don't. And I feel like when I watch you guys, you guys very rarely run into that TV timeout to TV timeout where you guys don't score. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like – and, I mean, maybe this sounds like really pedestrian – but I mean, you got to score, and you guys do. You know, I mean, how that 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 has to help a lot. Uh, well, our second year here, we had we had one of the worst, we had the worst offense in the Big Ten. Now we we were fortunate we got to the tournament. 
because our defense was really good. But I had a I had a writer ask me the other day. He's like, "Hey, I was really critical of your offense." I said, "I get it. Like, I get it, Pat. Like that. I, I, so was I. It was it was awful. Now we felt like at that point it was what we needed to do with our team uh, in terms sure. of building our offense. But at the end of the day, the way modern basketball is, college or NBA, it's so different than it was when we watched. And you have to adapt and change, or else yeah. you're going to have long scoring droughts. How many more points would you have scored if we just did high ball, ball screen at, at, at Taylor, huh? The points well, I mean, were about way up. If Coach Patterson would have let me shoot a little bit more, damn. I mean, like, come on now. Give give the guys some freedom. Uh, Coach, we know the story. You come from Butler. You go to Ohio State. I got to imagine, as crazy as people are in that state with their colors and stuff, like, how does that conversation go? Honey, talking to your wife, honey – uh, we got the Ohio State job. Everything that's navy blue has to get the hell out. Does, does she was, just take over the wardrobe in the closet from there? It was the first thing I did. I had a bag that I had bought, a, a, a backpack, an expensive backpack that was blue that I had bought a few nope. months earlier. I, I brought it on my uh, um, presser, the opening oh. presser. I had multiple people say, like, come on now, like, Go, go give, give that away. I gave it away. I gave it away the next week. <laughs> gave people it away. Are, people, there's people That's are unreasonable, man, but the passion, the passion, I, I get it. I mean, it's the fuel of what makes uh, what we follow and what you do so great. Now, I, I, I promise you we wouldn't keep it too long. Cause again, you got, you got a game to get ready for. What I want to close with from my perspective is this, I've covered golf my whole career. Okay. Yeah. And there's a, there's a story uh, about a guy that was leading the open championship was the first one I ever covered. A guy named Jesper Parnovic. And he he didn't look at the leaderboards and just didn't that it just a lot of some guys don't. I've never understood that. I would always just want to know where I was, just yeah. more than anything out of curiosity. The Lenardis of the world, and he's not the only one, but he's ours. The people that put out the brackets and such, like you guys are trending like one line-ish. I don't know if that's something you pay attention to. If it were me, I would, because I'd just be curious. Now the, the brackets don't come out for a month, but this is a long-winded way of asking, do you pay attention of sort of where the analytics have you, where the trends have you as it relates to the bracket? Well, I love your golf coverage, by the way. Lo- love it. And, and that's Appreciate one of the sports sports that I, I follow. I mean, I, I, I love it. Um, I, I will tell you more when we were on the bubble, you mm. know, more the one mm. we were on the bubble kind of one year at Butler and one year here. And I did at this time, I did start to look at net uh, or the old RPI. I did look at Ken Palm, all of the evaluation tools, you know, Kevin Pauga, who's in our league, like all of yeah, them, I'd swear at him, does a great job. Like yeah. I'd swear at him if we, there were some discrepancies, you know, <laughs> sitting in my office, like, um, I, but I, I did more now, um, you know, not as much. Um, that's a luxury. You know, you, you know, that's, you know, you're getting a phone call. It's just a question of, and now it's really not a question of where you're going to go now because uh, of, you know, uh, of having to go to the one place. So I guess that, that, and that makes sense. Steve, obviously Stanford, Steve is a Stanford guy in Maryland. We're, we're we, we laugh nightly on our show. We're, <laughs> we're vacillating back and forth on the right side or the wrong side of it. And hopefully his guys and my, and my guys win enough games that you, you find your way in. But that makes sense to me that if you were wondering kind of who you were kind of up against, then you find yourself rooting against people in other yes. conferences, I guess. Oh, friends, friends who <laughs> had no idea. I was rooting like crazy against them. 
had no idea. I mean, I, I remember the one year we were on the bubble until the, the last two weeks, I was, I mean, actively at home with my wife and my daughter rooting against close friends. Like, you know, hey, tough man, saying. like better you than me, better yeah, you than me. Right. I'm sorry, man. Like when it gets, I love you, but I'd rather play in the tournament. So no doubt. So it's just, just one thing you meant, you know, you grew up right outside Lexington and I'm not trying to get you in trouble with the Ohio state fan base at all, but I, I look at the Ohio state craze with the football, right? Ohio football, yeah. you know, you're, you're the basketball coach, but when you look at the being in that state now for a while, the, how do you compare or how do you explain the love for basketball in Lexington and the love for football in Ohio. Like, like what, is there a word? Is there a sense like, wow, that sort of reminds me of that. Or that reminds me like, is it just an upgrade? Like everybody does the same, does the same thing growing yes. up in those areas. It's the most similar thing I've seen, Steve. It's the most similar. People have asked me about that. The most similar fandom that, that I have experienced or been around has been the passion that this state has for Buckeye football mm -hmm. and they love their hoops too, but no doubt. like it's, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind saying, you know, it's divided and very much divided in their favor until, you know, really January rolls around mm -hmm. and, and um, it, it's the most similar passion, you know, down there it is, it is front page sports and a lot of times front page, uh, of the paper yep. um, almost every day. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. I thought I, I hadn't seen anything like it to, <laughs> to Kentucky until I came here and, and yeah. saw, saw our people here. It's, it's amazing. I just, I just want to like last year I was at the big 10 title game in Indianapolis when Ohio state's getting ready to play Wisconsin for work. And, you know, obviously it's a night game and, I just went out to try and grab a bite for lunch and you guys were playing Penn state in a noon game. I couldn't get a place. I couldn't get a place to go sit down and watch every single place was sold out with the, with Buckeye fans watching your program. So like yeah. you've captured it all. It's awesome to see. It's just, I never grew up around it. I'm growing up in the Northeast. It wasn't, you know, not a big college uh, deal. Um, so it's, 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 it's just, it's unbelievable to see. I've, I've, I've actually loved it. I have loved kind of getting to, be around and, and getting to know urban a little bit and getting to know Ryan. Like it's really, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. But Good. see, the thing about it is, 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 and it's, I think it's worse at some other places. Like I think Nate Oates is doing a great job down in Alabama, but like, yeah. I mean, it's to get people in Tuscaloosa to be excited about basketball. Like it's, it's football rules the day. And I think it, you're, you know what Columbus is. It's a football first place, but there's a passion, not just for basketball, for hockey. I mean, they're, they're passionate for their team. Lacrosse mm -hmm. has become a big deal out there too. Like Buckeye fans are, a, they're a rare breed. Our producers uh, is a Buckeye fan. So he's all fired up when I told him you're going to come on today. So, uh, they, they, but they do have a huge passion uh, yeah. for, for Buckeye basketball. And they got a lot to cheer about here uh, for where you guys are. I just have one last overarching thought about this year, Coach, and what your team, and I want to make sure we give a credit to, everybody that's part of your program, everybody that's in the Big Ten, everybody in college basketball, what you guys are having to do daily to have a chance to play. Like, I don't know if I'll ever get over the fact that last year we didn't get to, to find out, you know, what that bracket was going to be. And there's a lot of teams across the country that felt like maybe, the, maybe their guys had a chance to go on a run. And we all hope that you guys play a tournament. But, like, just day in, day out, like – how how much of a sort of 
you know, sacrifice. I think it's an accurate word. Like how much are you guys having to go through to, to, to have a chance to even do it? Yeah. It, I appreciate you saying it. Cause it's, it is true. I think the isolation, I think, you know, people ask me about that. Listen, the daily te- the daily testing, it's a hassle and not every league's doing daily testing. As mm-hmm. you guys know, right. you know, the six days a week, daily testing, you come back from a road trip, you got to go in the morning, get tested, you know, even on some of your days off, like those are, those are a pain, but it's a minor, it's a minor inconvenience, right? It's, you know, you got to go to a, a, you know, when we go to Penn state, we'll get tested, you know, um, you know, during the day before our shoot around, it's a minor inconvenience. I think the isolation, the limitation of seeing your families, um, spending time with your families, hugging your mom or your dad, if they haven't had COVID, um, playing without fans. But what I keep going back to, and it's why people have asked me about playing in the big 10 tournament. I said, I can't imagine going into our team and saying, Hey fellas, you know, we're not going to play in the big 10. They would not be okay with that. They would not be okay. I understand that in some ways it could be beneficial for us as a group, but this has been player driven. They want to play. And when they're doing everything that you ask them to do, I think they deserve to have the the say on what they're going to do in most cases. Right on. And uh, I understand certain cases why you you'd say, look, we don't want to run the risk of, of, of testing positive because then we won't have an opportunity to play. It's a, it's a fine line. And I get it. it but is. I, we had Casey Alexander from uh, from Belmont on They're 22 and one. He said, no, nah, we don't. We want to play. My guys yeah. want to play. They want to earn their way in. And, you know, that's OVC is a one bid league and all in, in most years. So they they have more to risk. You know, you guys are going to be on a line. And right now it looks like the one line you guys are playing at an incredibly high level. Uh, and I, like I said, I know you got a game to prepare for Penn State Thursday night. Uh, good luck with that. Keep doing what you're doing and really appreciate you spending a little bit of time today with Steven on the podcast, man. Yeah, great, great, being, great being on with you guys. I appreciate it, Scott and Steve. Great being on with you. Our thanks again to Ohio State head basketball coach Chris Holtman. He and this podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Download the DraftKings app today and use code SVP to get in on all the action. I mentioned Casey Alexander, the Belmont coach, who was a guest on SportsCenter. Here, here was his comment. His, team, his team's 22-1, and one, if you're not aware. They won the OVC last year. They were just sitting there waiting for the bid, and then, of course, March 11th happened with Gobert, and then college basketball followed suit, and by that weekend, the tournament ended, and they didn't get a bid, and nobody else did either. But they're, they're going to get a bid, and they could opt out. Like, if they opt out, they have no reason to play. None. They're 22-1. and one. Just opt out. We're good. That's not what his guys want to do. This is the season of COVID. We understand this. But if you could take our viewers and me, frankly, back to the fall and what you all dealt with before anything even got started that makes what you guys are doing just hard to even comprehend. Yeah, it's hard to explain. You know, our our guys showed up first of September and from first of September until literally the second week of December, we were a mess. Uh, More days in quarantine and with contact tracing than we had on the practice floor it was a tough start um it makes where we are right now feel pretty sweet we try to watch you we got about four or five tvs but you guys are always so far ahead it's hard to justify keeping you guys on the tv and i go back to last march right you guys had won the ovc you're waiting for the bracket like we all are and there's an incredible disappointment in not getting to play and i understand that there's great concern about staying healthy, particularly for you guys after all you've been through. I just wonder, Casey, what you think philosophically about these conversations about conference tournaments and whether or not teams want to opt out, like just sort of what the, not for you, 
necessarily, but just for college basketball, what do you think of that idea? I don't like it. I don't understand, you know, with all that our players, teams across the country have had to go through, I can't imagine that there, that there are young men out there that don't want to play games. And, uh, right. and, you know, we've got a great run going. We don't have any reason to play in the conference tournament right now. We're clearly the number one team in our league as far as the standings are concerned. But our guys want to play. Uh, they want to earn their way into the NCAA tournament, and that's still in front of us. I want to get your reaction to this. I saw a headline in the Tennessean. I got great respect for Coach Bird down there. He was a guest on our show a number of times. The question was this, is this Belmont's best team? How do you react to that question about this group you're coaching? Well, Belmont's had a lot of really good teams. And so if we're mentioned in that same conversation, then, uh, then that's good for us. Uh, these guys, like I mentioned, you know, it's the ones who came before us that are a big part of what we're doing right now. So whether we're the best or not, insignificant to me. I'm just glad that uh, Belmont continues to win and I can be a part of it. Well, you're a big part of it, but like when a guy like Rick Bird's a coach as long as he is, I mean, there's a thumbprint that, you know, doesn't go away easily, and yet you'd been a head coach before. So, I mean, clearly you know what you're doing on your own. I just wonder how you establish your own identity while wanting to embrace the very best of what Belmont has been through the years. Well, I was lucky to be a part of the program before. I played for Coach Bird right. back in the early 90s, and I was assistant for 16 years, so 20 years in the program, and that familiarity helped me walk in from day one and be comfortable with a job. I didn't try to replace a legend. He is who he is. He's won 800 games plus, and I'm never going to get there. So just try my best to do the best <laughs> I can and honor him in the process. And it's been good. And Steve, now there's, there's news here on Wednesday as we talk that, that Gonzaga and BYU are considering opting out. Now, when we had Mark Few on, he had a conversation about how he thought the WCC might figure out a plan, maybe let some of the lesser thans play in Vegas or wherever. And then if you want to come to Spokane, we can sort it out. Like I get Gonzaga as the number one team in the country flexing a little bit. Cause they've got, they got the juice to do that. But BYU, like y'all are like on the eight, nine line. And you're, you're like, well, we got a nice net. Like we're 37 in the net, man. Those are some big, brave balls. <laughs> and if you're, if you're familiar with the film Snatch, there are two types in this world. Those are big, brave balls. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, if this is getting beeped. I don't care, but that's what it is, man. Like, Gonzaga, you want to opt out? Okay, but BYU? Come on. I mean, what? Mm, I, what do you think? I... They gotta do. They gotta do some more. I mean, they only have three games left on the schedule. Too, they got St. Mary's postponed, San Diego postponed, Pacific. They play on. Uh, what do we got? Who they beat? They beat St. John's. Who's they beat San Diego team? State. Okay, that's a good win. They beat Utah. Okay, what are they in the Pac-12? Not good. Okay, so who are their wins? Got smoked by USC. And then they were in conference play, and obviously and we we're, know opting, conference. we're opting out. We're all set. Man, that's that is big I, brave, big brave. I don't know if it's brave though, because what if you don't get in? It's kind of dumb. I mean, metrics like them, analytics like them. They do. Okay. Um, I, I think it's interesting what what Alexander from Belmont and what Holtman said from Ohio State. Like the kids want to play, man. and I, I I I get it. I think. I think you're wired to compete. And I always defer to you who was who was in the arena at this level. 
But I, I, that's the common thread that we're hearing is that ultimately, if you want to compete, that's what you want to do. You're like, no, let's go. We'll giddy up. Especially if you're in the Big Ten and you go to Indianapolis, you're already there. Like a lot of this is like I get the WCC. Do we want to go to Vegas and there's a bunch of people here and who knows, you know, what what threat we're we introduce ourselves to. Whereas if you're in the Big Ten and you can go to Indianapolis where the tournament's going to happen anyway a week later. Yeah. Just go set up shop there and, and ride it out. But it's just going to be interesting to see what what teams and conferences, how they kind of move forward with this idea. I, I said it at the beginning, going back to college football teams with the bowl games, mm-hmm. um, you know, opted out. I mean, Stanford opted out. They had to, you know, go on the road for the last four games of the year. I get that. There's no chance to play for a title. But in college basketball, you have a chance for a title if you get in the tournament. So I think the opting out idea on when you're talking about the mindset of the players is nowhere going to be close to what the football players had. Well, because again, they have a chance to they have a chance to win a title, right? Because you love to tell Sun Bowl stories of going to Juarez, yeah. but like the, in the in NCAA basketball, like the Sun Bowl teams in the tournament, no like, doubt, you're in it, so you've got an opportunity. So I, I I can't fault the teams that are that absolutely know that they're in. Wasn't that an interesting answer from Holtman? And it totally makes sense because Stanford's on the bubble, Maryland's on the bubble. So I think we we both pay attention to the to where we sit. And, and I loved his honesty. Like, when you're on the bubble, you're rooting against your friends, of course. Absolutely. I don't want you to make it and us to not make it. But when you're on the one line, you're like, ah, we're, we're good. Yeah. I want some more tape. <laughs> we're on the one. We're on the two. The, the, when I got to be honest. Like, and I did. I saw him last year play in College Park. And when you've got Wesson, who is a big, talented post, and he was versatile. He could step outside. But when you got a big block to the basket, big in college basketball, like stuff's got to run through him. Well, now when you don't have him, and EJ Liddell is not the same kind of five that Wesson was, now you can totally play different basketball. You can play modern basketball. You don't have to worry about, like, we got to make sure we get some big guy touches. And his group's really versatile. But I saw him early this year. They lost to Northwestern. By one, and I saw him lose to Minnesota early, and that was Minnesota's beating the crap out of everybody in the barn early on at home. Um, and I thought, yeah, they're yeah, Ohio State, yeah, they're good, like everybody else in the Big Ten. But I had no idea that they'd become like literally one line good. That's it's been a um, he's done a hell of a job, and he does a hell of a job. I'll put their depth up with anybody in the country. They're they're as deep as anybody. And like I said, you know, he talked about the versatility. Uh-huh. Like, I love the idea because they have different guys bring the ball up to court. You need that stuff. And you talked about the ability to make buckets. Um, it's, it, it, it is right. When you watch them, the ball goes in the hoop. I, I actually go back. I was going to tell him this. To me, the Big Ten season is summed up in the last, like, eight minutes of their game at home against Purdue. They ended up losing it on a step back three by Ivy. But it was shot made, shot made, shot made, answer, back down a court. And that's how close that league is. You know, with teams like a Purdue who, you know, has more losses, you know, but there is, I mean, they could beat anybody in the conference on any given night. And, sure. um, and when they, it, when they beat Iowa, it was the same deal. They beat mm-hmm. Iowa on the road and, and we can, you know, Iowa, as we know, defense is what they are the most enthusiastic about, but look, and Iowa went shot for shot, but Ohio state was down double digits in, uh, in Iowa city and they made a ton of threes. And, uh, you know, they, they, again, they make shots and in college basketball. You, you just, you got to avoid those 
TV timeout to TV timeouts where you just can't get a bucket, and that's not something Ohio State deals with. He's a he's a star in the game, and and you got to have a certain level of, of confidence and know who you are to be the Ohio State basketball coach because you know, like I've, I've talked to Gary Williams about it. You know, Gary Williams was there; he loved his time in Ohio State, but he you know he knew what football was. Football was a great conduit. You he told I think he he tells a great story about bringing Jim Jackson to the Michigan yeah. game. And walking him across like this walk, so it's like there's like seventy thousand people just chanting his name. Like you use football as the basketball coach there, oh, no. but you you know what you, where you are in the pecking order. So I mean, if you look, coaching is an ego driven profession. You have to be able to to just understand that that's what it is. And I think young dynamic guys, Day Holtman, combination of young talented coaches, you could put what what they've got at Ohio State for the two revenue sports up against pretty much anybody, and they're going to come out in a very favorable way. Yes, and he talked about his kids wanting to play, and I just keep going back because this now we're inside, what, eight, nine days until these conferences have to announce what they're doing. Yeah. Like, And I just keep thinking about I grew up going to the Big East tournament in New York City. They're really going to have a Big East tournament in, in Madison Square Garden? Like, I don't know. That's still a possibility? Like, it, To me, it's not even a possibility. But like, like everything is still out there. Like we got eight days. March is right around the corner. Like, what are we doing? I mean, we're. It dawned on me last night. Again, we're taping Wednesday. Not that this matters for when this was, but just it. I'm looking at the calendar. We're all we're we're almost a year away, or, or we're almost a year removed from that that March 11th night. That is mind-boggling to me. There are days it feels like it's been 100 years. Mm-hmm. And then there are other days that you just blink and go, oh, man, it's like, because because really what I think is it's almost been a year and we're st- like, we're still in the middle of this, man. You know, there's still so many things that are up in the air, but uh, I don't know. We, we've gotten through a bunch of seasons. I just, you know, let's hope we get the bracket. I have one more question for you. Scott on the spot. Pee, if pee, we pee. were still in our radio days, yep. which of the three would you have already told me I am not talking about that anymore? Here we go. Ready? Okay. Yep. Where's J.J. Watt going to go? Okay. What are the Texans going to do with Deshaun Watson? Mm-hmm. Where will Carson Wentz end up? Watt isn't as big a deal. The Deshaun Watson one. Like, I'm just not going to entertain that talk. Like, all it is is words. And listen, I'm not knocking... The, I'm not knocking the radio or or the or the the debate type shows. You you need you need content, and that is ready made content. That is the lowest of low hanging fruit. All right, uh, Rusilla, what do you want to do at one? All right, let's do Watson. Uh, who's got enough to get Watson? Yeah, right, but then, what's we'll, the topic? What's the, the topic? The topic is what would you have to give to get him? <laughs> and then we'll just make up a bunch of nonsense about draft picks that's not going to happen because the Texans say they're not going to take it. But it doesn't matter. We'll revisit that in the three o'clock hour. We'll see if we can get a guest like. This is just, it's just churn. It's just words that fill time that no one, right? I like Houston said they don't want to trade him. I'll tell you what you could use three hours on is what the deal with the Texans is. That is a truly complicated situation. Organizationally, man, there's a lot of tugging going on that like, Whose hands are on the rope, man? <laughs> and how did that come to be? That's what's that's the that's what you do. Ease that over to the next break, please. 
You won't believe. Grainy. Um, I'm not firing shots at anybody. Mike Greenberg, greatest teaser in the history of radio. Scott, your teases aren't very good. Yeah, but we do good segments. You know, we do 10 minutes of good segments. The teases suck, but, you know, our, I'll put our segments up against anybody. Yeah, but the teases, you got to do a better job teasing. What What are you most fired up for baseball season? Oh, God. No. I don't know. Like, shots of our friends at Inside the NBA, like who he played for, I don't Like, for a million dollars. Like, Scott, name an Oriole. That's my team. I don't, you know. Are we going to be able to go see him play? I don't know. Camden Yards. You ever been there? Yeah. So I just good. wanted to go see a Maryland lacrosse game Saturday. I can't even do that. Well, we could go out to Bird. It's not Bird anymore. Can't bring kids there. I didn't see. Who said kids? I want to bring the kids. Let them run them into the ground. All right. On the way out, I have one last question. You have three little girls. I have three children, two are boys. Do girls talk as much about poop as boys? Oh, uh, no. Okay. Because so. there's a lot of, a lot of scatological conversation that goes on. It's just really hard to rein that in. What does your daughter do? She just rolls her eyes and goes upstairs and puts on headphones. Like, we're already at that stage. She just goes up. Good she, for her. She just shuts it down, man. Look, I'm not dealing with this. You know what's thing. really tough about the headphone game now that we didn't have to worry about when we were little? Huh. Is you have to charge them now. Yeah. Like, my kids can't remember to charge their headphones. I'll tell you what. In this house, the adults can't remember to charge stuff. <laughs> Let's, we got we have a little, maybe a little iPad time. And let me tell you something. There's, there is real, real hell to pay when the, when the devices have 4% battery. Overmodulated Steve is critiquing people with their technology. There I'm not go. critiquing it. I'm saying it's too much nowadays. Overmodulated Steve. All I right. can the, barely. Uh, you get on the Peloton yet? No. The, Come on. My daughter. My daughter's got programs. She charges five dollars a workout. She, <laughs> she's she's got a racket set up downstairs. My kids are running around trying to get on the iPad talking about poop, and my daughter's downstairs. Running a gym. It's good for her. Everybody's trying their best here at, at, our, at the Vampire. It's in the snow, uh, huh? Yeah, we got some snow coming. Yeah. Hunker down, DC. Try to ride it out. All right, this is the end of the podcast. Our thanks to Chris Holtman uh, from Ohio State. And uh, thank you, as always, for making some time for us. We'll talk to you all next week.